Hello everyone, welcome to That's Odd. I am one of your hosts, I am Johnny Towns, and I am joined by my good pal, my friendo, Mr. Christopher Chavez. That's me. That's him. Uh, that and was here. I, I bring that back uh, upon special request. We had a creeper, a listener that literally sent a message saying, "You need to bring back the that's me uh, intro type thing." Remember, I stopped it because I told you every time Aaron listened to it, she's like, "I can't stand that." <laughs> <laughs> well, guess what? Back by popular demand. <laughs> yep, that's me. <laughs> We give the creepers what they want, Chris. That's why we're here, right? That's right. That's right. Even though we're a little late, we uh, we uh, acknowledged it yeah. on uh, on the uh, Facebooks because we had a creeper well, say, what's going on? Where are you guys I was about at? to say, let's be fair. We acknowledged it when it was pointed out to us. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? It used to be back in the day, I'd be like, oh, my God, I feel so guilty. It's not come out. Let me post something so everybody knows what's happening. But because, like, here's the reason, guys. Seriously. Um, and it's a good thing, right? So here's a, here's a good thing. A little window. Pull back the curtain. My life professionally in the past year has gone through some crazy metamorphosis. But I've gotten to a point where like I'm like where I am in my business, I'm, I'm moving up, 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 up. But what comes with that is more and more and more and more responsibility, which takes a lot of my time, right? So before I even had the time to sit down and say, hey, guys, I know it's been a minute, the curse struck, or we've been busy, or one of us has been sick, but an episode's coming out. Lately, dude, I, I just told you today, right? 45-minute drive to one office. On the way back, I hit a, a, a apocalyptical torrential downpour that literally brings a 65-mile-an-hour highway down to 35-mile-an-hour crawl. Um, life's busy, dude. I mean, it's good because it's, it's, yeah. it's put me where I want to be, but creepers suffer, man. Creepers suffer. Yeah. I think they all understand though. I mean, uh, we're, we're just people at the end of the day. I know, but dude, you know what? Sometimes, you know how we start GoFundMes and these things for people who are downtrodden, people who have seen the shitty part of life. I feel yeah. like our creepers, man, they, they're, they're, uh, they're a part of that community. Like we owe it to them to be here every single week. And if they don't get it, hashtag creepers, man. I'm a part of that community. I'm poor. Send me money. They, should, <laughs> they, they, it's, it's not fair to them. And I, I do feel bad, but uh, I, I feel like we're like what four days late on our last show, four or five days <laughs> yeah. late. So Something this is like this that, is yeah. literally going to go out the night we're recording it. So they're going to listen to this and they'll know that hours before they heard us groveling and telling them we're sorry, but we're doing what we can and we're back. I just to point out, I'm so poor that a. That somebody tried to hack into my account, and once they saw what was in there, they sent me an apology letter. <laughs> so, <laughs> if that's not true, that's a great bit, dude. I love that. <laughs> Put it up. If it's true, it's even a better bit. <laughs> so we got a couple of great tales today, I think, to tell, Chris. Oh, yeah. Dude, there's one that I have that when I heard of it, I was like, this is insane. How have we not found it before? Uh, and it's... I can't wait to talk about it because it's still an ongoing thing, and we'll get into it. I know yeah, you same have for mine. Yeah, I was yeah, going to say are both kind of uh, related in a way, and we'll get to that soon. But Chris, before we get there, uh, we got to talk about our current uh, 
current oddity. We have to, and here's why. There was a call to action on Facebook recently. Johnny, what's that yes. about? Yeah, so apparently, I mean, we've all heard of Area 51. I mean, it's obvious. Uh, it's the area where... Comes after Area 50. That's right, and right before Area 52, thankfully. Thank you. Uh, but it's... And there's no Area 13. <laughs> Which is weird, For, right? You yeah, would it's think really strange. Area 13 first. Where did... Yeah. Okay, let's... Th- can we address this first? Where did the 51 come from? I, I There's got to be a reason. I don't know why. I don't think I ever heard... Okay. Uh, that's a good question. I'm looking it up. Go on. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the, the government obviously has a place out there that you're not allowed to go into. And so forever, for the longest time, people assume that's where all the alien technology and aliens possibly are. All that kind of stuff. Uh, so there was a call on Facebook recently that a, that went viral. Yes. Uh, and uh, and apparently... It was an event, right? Like somebody posted yes. it as an event. Yes. So the thought is, you know, if you get even close to Area 51, they already know you're close, and they'll send trucks out there to let you know they know you're close. Oh, yeah. We've seen this, right? If you, if yeah. you watch any documentaries, if you're into Area 51, if you're into UFOs, you've seen the stuff that says you get this far, all of a sudden these guys come out and say, you know what? Turn back because I'll shoot you in your face. Yeah. They literally have signs on that property that say they're allowed to shoot you. Yeah. The government gives us a pass. This is not American soil. Right. Yes. Uh, But uh, apparently they're thinking if we get a bunch of people together, they can't shoot us all, right? (laughs) Okay. So the the page is called Storm Area 51, right? Yeah. It was created. So here's the thing. Here's the. Yeah, you're right. This thing came up and at first. few people heard about it, but it became a thing where people started posting, reposting, sharing, and not just on Facebook. They were talking about it on Instagram, on Twitter, on Tumblr. Yeah, I, I found mean, out about it on them. Twitter. I didn't even know it was on Facebook at first. I found out about it on Pornhub. So uh, yeah. Storm Area 51, the idea was that <laughs> that if we I hate to all... see your alien porn is amazing anyway uh (laughs) tentacles everywhere the idea was uh listen if a bunch of us get together if there's enough of us if we can get hundreds of thousands maybe even millions there's no way the government can stop us from storming this place getting in there and pulling alien bodies out right yeah um, yeah, uh, you know what's funny to me though that this was on Facebook in the first place, and somebody's trying to create an event. How many events have you been invited to that you say, "Sure, I might go," but then you don't go, right? Or that you <laughs> look. And here's the thing: before you even say you're going to go or you're interested or whatever the case is, you look at the number, right? You're like, "Who else? How many more people are, are invested in this?" Yeah, and when it's like, there. yeah, what's your number? Where, where when you see that number, you're like, "Yeah, no." Like, what's that gauge? If it's above this number, you're like, you know what? I'm going to say I'm interested just because I want to be a part of this thing, possibly. Or yeah. you see this number and it's it's so low. It's the, it's it's right at that line where you're like, yeah, no, never mind. I'm not even going to. I'm, gonna I'm not going to acknowledge for, it. I'm going to do what I do for any time I'm invited to a Facebook event. I'm going to just <laughs> click maybe, but have no intention of showing up. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. So that's the th- here's the thing. This happens, right? And it, at first, it's no traction. But then all of a sudden, because it's shared over all this social media, 
it became this explosion. Like millions of people said, number one, that they're in. They're going to do this. These people are proclaiming on social media, uh, I'm going for this. Then there's like this almost the same amount or maybe less. And I'm talking in the hundreds of thousands, if not maybe close to million uh, that are saying, I'm interested. I want to see what happens here, right? Yeah. And then and then there's obviously a bunch that are like, maybe, because they're like you. They're like, this sounds awesome. Uh, I have means. I could be there, but mm, I'm kind of lazy. I don't feel like it. It's not even about laziness. I just think it's a terrible idea. <laughs> Dude, this thing got so big. Did you, th- did you see what happened with Budweiser? No. What do they do? Bud Light is offering free beer to any alien that makes it out of Area 51. This is on CNN. Okay. Smart. The world, this is what they say, Anheuser-Busch, the maker of Bud Light, initially posted on Twitter, we'd like to be the first brand to formally announce that we will not be sponsoring the Area 51 raid. However, the brand quickly backtracked off the alienating claim, saying, get it, alienating, (laughs) saying, uh, quote, screw it, free Bud Light to uh, any alien that makes it out. And then they posted a picture. So if you go to the Bud Light Twitter page, you'll see this picture of a new design they have for the Bud Light can. It's got this almost kind of like alien neon green uh, motif going. There's an alien visage on it with a little crown over it. Um, I can't read what it says. It's super small. Something like greetings, earthlings. Something like this is blah, 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 area 51, drink our beer. I don't know. Uh, but they totally created an entire new label to go on the Bud Lights uh, for this Area 51 raid. This is how big this has gotten. Yeah, that's just smart. <laughs> that's just smart advertising. It's not, look, it's not even a joke, okay? It's not just advertising. If, if Mac and me can go to McDonald's, then this can happen. <laughs> it's not even you advertising, know? dude. It's not even a joke. It's not even an online thing. The United States Air Force weighed in on this. Did you see this one? No, what do they say? This is off of NBCNews.com. As Area 51 raid becomes a joke online, the U.S. Air Force issues a very real warning. U.S. Air Force warned Friday against visiting the secretive base, saying, quote, any attempt to illegally access the area is highly discouraged. Like you said, dude, we've seen these videos, right? We've seen these guys on YouTube who have posted it where they go in and these guys come out and it's forceful. They've got the ammo. They've got, I mean, they don't look like they're joking around, right? Right. The United States government's telling you we are going to fuck you up if you try this. (laughs) Yeah, that's the quote. (laughs) Basically, right? Yeah. Now, did you re- did you see anything about who it was that put this together? No, I was very curious about that. So Deadline.com has an article. Area 51 Facebook prankster comes forward for a TV interview and claims it was all just a joke. The man behind fake uh, Facebook's Storm Area 51 page has come forward calling it kind of a joke, but expressing fears that the government agents may come knocking on his door. His name's Maddie Roberts, okay? Maddie Roberts spoke to Nevada, uh, Nevada's KLAS-TV, via video call on Wednesday and expressed shock at how his humor has turned into a viral sensation. Quote, (laughs) I posted it on, like, June 27th, and it was kind of a joke, Roberts said. And then it waited for, like, three days and, like, 40 people. And then it just completely took off. Out of nowhere, it's pretty wild. 
I don't know that. I, think he's... I went to college with Robert. I gotta tell you, I don't know that he sounds like that. I didn't watch the I video. Bet he does. That's Arizona accent <laughs> if I've ever heard one. More than 1.5 million people have signed up to storm the top secret facility, dude. Okay, <laughs> with insane. another 1.1 million expressing interest, the Air Force has warned the foolish that they will take all measures to defend the base if there is an attempt to breach its security. Roberts is now speaking out in an attempt to quell the beast he's unleashed. Quote, I was like, the FBI is going to show up at my door. It's getting a little spooky from there, he said. Uh, Roberts told the TV station that his prank was inspired by podcaster Joe Rogan. Dude, go podcast for setting this off. Uh, who recently interviewed Bob Lazar, a man who claims he reverse-engineered alien technology at Area 51. Dude, we talked about Bobby Lasers back in the day. Yeah, we, the go see the the archives for our episode on that. And also, he's got a great documentary. It's on Netflix right now. I want to ask you uh, something, and, and I, I want to know where your uh, self-esteem stands now. Okay. We talk about Bobby Lasers almost a year ago. No Facebook post about storming Area 51. Joe Rogan talks about it like a few weeks ago. Yeah. 1.5 million people are ready to get blasted by the U.S. Air Force. Yeah, I've always said I'm the poor man's Joe Rogan. So, <laughs> I mean, I'll say that all the time. <laughs> this is probably, though, like, like, let's be honest. We've been talking about this for a while on both shows, That's Odd and History Creeps. We've been talking about aliens. We've been talking about the fact that we feel like it, it just feels there's this weird energy in the air, like something's coming. They're preparing us yeah. for this, right? So the, yep. the fact that this is happening now just feels right, right? Yeah, there's yeah, there's so many things though about this storming Area 51. Like, if you even remotely are into this stuff, like we are, you know, you know that if if they actually did recover alien stuff, it's not there anymore. Exactly. It, the second that they, uh, the second that the government acknowledged that Area 51 was real, and they have done that, and they made it public, that's the minute you knew that that stuff's not there anymore. <laughs> Exactly. You know, so I don't know what they're expecting to find when they storm this place. All they're going to find is people pointing their guns at them. Saying, get the hell out of here. Yeah. We're trying to have a barbecue. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like Area 51's like like a, a firehouse, right? Like you got the guys that work the firehouse, and if there's not a fire, you know what's happening? They're usually playing foosball, maybe watching a movie, hanging out, Some having a barbecue, yeah. you know, cleaning the fucking uh, fire trucks. Uh, I, that's what I see happening at Era 51. Now there's no more aliens there. Yeah, I agree. Because there's none. <laughs> uh, they, they moved them a long time ago. So I, that's, I found your answer here. There. I found your answer here. You ready for this about Area 51? Yeah. The origin of the name Area 51 is unclear. Oh. What the hell, dude? It's just like Area 51 for even the name to be unclear, right? Yeah. It is believed to be from the Atomic Energy Commission, or the AEC, numbering grid although area 51 is not part of this system it is adjacent to area 15 another explanation is that 51 was used because it was unlikely that the aec would use the number according to the central intelligence agency the correct names for the facility did you know the real name for this facility i knew it. i i heard this aside from groom lake what is it homie airport oh yeah um yeah, uh, the name Area 51 was used in a CIA document from the Vietnam War. So it's been around for a little minute. 
Yeah, for at least since the 40s, right? Because that's when uh, the old Roswell stuff happened. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So there you go, dude. What, yeah, what do you do? You think there's going to be? Do you think? I do believe yes. that we'll have at least yes. some people show up. Yes, I think there's going to be some sort of incident. I don't know how many people, but people will show up. People will be stupid, and there will be news about people getting arrested and you know detained trying to do some nonsense. I can't. I yeah. can't see millions or even thousands. Not really. Maybe fifty. <laughs> it's it's like that. Uh, there's one time uh, recently. The Los Angeles Lakers in basketball, they were having a, they were having a tough time. So the fans of that team were like, "We're gonna we're gonna have a protest in front of the in front of the the building, and it's gonna be so many people gonna be mad." And like twenty people showed up. Exactly, for it. exactly <laughs> it's be the same thing. Yeah. But won't it be interesting if we wake up, we go about our day, and about halfway through the day, you get some sort of alert, or you just decide to check your phone or check the news and. Millions of people literally descended on the place and overran the guards. And obviously, like you're still talking. I know they're they're guards, right? But I mean, do you really think they'll open fire and kill a whole bunch of Americans? I I feel like I've heard that they actually have shot people before, right? But I'm talking about you're talking yeah. about mass massacre. Yeah, that seems a bit much. So what uh, what happens, dude? Like, what if that's the case? What if they get in there and Bobby Lasers is like leading the charge and is like, go down this hall, check this out, open that, let them out? Wouldn't you hate if you worked there and like your job is security <laughs> there? Would that be the worst? Would be like freaking calling, Black Friday. Dude, would you call in tomorrow? <laughs> would you be the guy that's just like, oh, yeah. you're the guy that on Thursday you started walking around your supervisor going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gotta yeah, you gotta plant seeds, right? You gotta <laughs> so that by Saturday when you're calling in, it makes sense. That shit has yeah. developed into a full blown flu. I guarantee you they'll still make you come in though, just like you're working on like, retail on Black <laughs> Friday. It's the same thing. There's no call in <laughs> policy at Area 51. They're like, there's no right. such thing. You don't have PTO here. Yeah, yeah, we'll shoot you if you don't show up. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm very, I'm strangely excited just to see what, I hope nobody gets hurt, obviously, yeah. but I'm very excited to see what happens. Same here. What if it's just like, okay, okay, don't do this. We don't want to kill you. We've been prepping you. This is what we have. Boom. Yeah. And it's just like a, a giant barbecue open to the public. <laughs> <laughs> Alien themed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I'm down. Same, same, same. All right, dude, you ready to get into our show tonight? Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, so the I think I think we can go ahead and tell the people sure. our creepers what our uh, our running theme is tonight, and that is unbreakable codes, coded messages. Now we've sort of had some before on the show back yep. when we did the. Um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on it. The guy who murdered all those people. Yep. The uh, the Zodiac killer. Thank you, Zodiac. I can't think of the word Zodiac. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for saving me. And, and I, I feel like there. I feel like we've mentioned this before, but isn't there a thing with the CIA or the FBI that, like, at their entrance, they have this like big stone structure or something that has a code that no one's ever broken? Do you know what I'm talking I, I about? Know. No. All right. But it sounds awesome. I'll try to look that up for <laughs> yeah, later up. or uh, or next episode. But yeah, I think there's something that has to do with one of those agencies. Interesting. Interesting. So that's the theme going into this evening. Now, Chris, we do have some listeners from Australia. Oh, down under. So we're going, yes. That's how they sound, too. I've talked to them. <laughs> uh, so we're going down under for my part of the show. 
Uh, we're going to Somerton Beach in Southern Australia. Down under. This is a. This is a. Yes. Put another shrimp on the barbie. Uh, this is uh, this is a very very famous unsolved case there in really? Australia. Yeah, the Somerton man. So we're going to the summer of 1948. Somerton Beach, Southern Australia. Uh, a bunch of people, uh, I think, I can't remember the number, but it was a handful of people. Mm-hmm. See this man. Uh, he's sitting uh, just sitting on the beach. He's sitting upright. How many kangaroos well, were present? At least seven kangaroos. Okay. Any any other yeah. marsupials we should know about? Um, what else? I, I don't know what else is a, uh, a koala. I think is a marsupial. Yeah, but are they in Australia? Aren't they? Isn't They've, that where koalas are? Maybe they are. I'm gonna look this know. up too. <laughs> hey, if you're from Australia, let us know. I'm honestly, I love koalas. Though. Let me know. Uh, a couple sloths, just because I love sloths. Let's throw those in there. Yeah, they're so from they're man, native native of, to Australia. Oh man, see Australia has all the cool animals and the ones that'll kill you. That's how <laughs> amazing Australia is. They have both, <laughs> and sometimes they're the same. Uh, so they find this man sitting there. He's sitting upright. He's very well dressed. He's got on a suit uh, and, and a tie and all this stuff. You can actually find pictures of him. Uh, but then the next day, they notice that he's still there. Like he hasn't really moved very much. So he's like one of these performance artists, right? The guys that stand on the yeah. side of the sidewalk, painted all silver, acting like they're they're uh, statues, right? You walk by and they have those little zoo things in their mouths. They're like, <laughs> and they act like they're moving around like robots. Yeah, it's like that, but it's completely different because okay. this man was dead. <laughs> oh, that's so. Horrible. The next day they find him, and he uh, he was. They found that he had passed away not too long ago from when he was seen before. Wow! But but here's the catch: uh, no one knew who he was. Uh, they they did all kinds of things to try to figure out his identity. Uh, they did fingerprints. Okay. They did dental records. None of that helped. Uh, they looked on his clothes. Maybe they could find some labels and such. But uh, all the labels in his clothes have been cut out. Now, was there a cause of death that was determined? Oh, we'll get there. Oh, okay, we'll okay, there. okay. Uh, that's part of the mystery, Chris. Ooh. Uh, so nobody knew, knew who he was. They actually put his picture in the paper, and nobody came forward to say they knew who he was. Um, the autopsy, the autopsy revealed that. He died of possible poisoning. However, there was no foreign substances found inside his body. Hmm. So uh, his death is apparently possible poisoning, but if he was poisoned, they do not know what actually poisoned him. Because he's from Australia. Nothing foreign. Wait, oh, he's not? They don't even think he's from Australia. What? What? They're not exactly sure where he's from, but Australia was was not one of the original places they thought. He looked uh, either Eastern European, perhaps even American. They were not sure. This guy just shows up on a beach, and one day somebody noticed this guy sitting there in a suit, kind of just sitting. Next day, same thing. Next day, they're like, wait, he must be dead. Yeah, basically. What? Yes. it's it's, it's And it gets even more wild from there. Ooh. I mean, who was this guy? I mean, obviously your first thought is, well, you know, it's kind of strange that he had his labels cut out of his clothes. Obviously, he didn't want anybody to know who he was. Uh, is he a really, spy? But really, though, like labels, like if I had something that was like a Ralph Lauren or a Tommy Hilfiger and I cut that out, why would that? I mean, 
even if I didn't, why would that say who I am? I mean, it's a lot of times when police are looking for clues on a person and they, they can use like labels to kind of see, get an idea of like maybe when you purchase something. Or were they, were uh, they hoping he was some sort of mama's boy who the mama just wrote his name on the la- on the labels on his, of his, in his clothes, underwear, of his clothes. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, just in yeah. case he got lost, the police officer could look at the underwear and be like, "Oh, yeah, you're little Tommy so they Jones." At, they looked at this man's underwear, and all I had was a bunch of question marks. <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy. Okay, yeah. So, uh, so this happened, and they they didn't find out who he was. Let's fast forward six months past this. <laughs> six months later, investigators find a hidden pocket. In his pants. They didn't know he had this extra pocket. They found this pocket. It was hidden. That's what she said. Inside, yeah, it was. And inside this pocket was a scrap piece of paper. And on this piece of paper, it read, and hopefully I pronounced this correctly. It's in another language, so bear with me. uh, To mom shud, which roughly translates to it ended in Persian. Oh, so okay, Middle Eastern, right? Yes. So there's your first clue. And it says it's ended. That's what it translates to. Oh, it sounds it like he to, went off yeah. to just die, the end of his life, suicide. Kind of, yeah. Uh, then, uh, after the police kind of let this out, uh, another man comes forward, <gasps> and he claims this is- that that the uh, that the day that they found this the Summerton man, he was also at the beach. He had his windows down in his car, and he was, you know, just at the beach enjoying himself. And he comes back, and somebody had thrown in a book into the back of his car. He didn't know where it came from, so he brings his book with him to the police and gives it to them. This book is a rare, very rare, uh, book of 11th century Persian poetry. And one of the pages, and there's one page missing. And guess what page that is? Oh lord, the one that was found in that man's pocket. and it gets even more strange from there because in handwritten on in the book somewhere is a strange code it's five you can actually find this code online as well uh there's five lines of they just seem like really random letters they they make no sense and then one seeming uh, one thing it seems like a phone number and that's all that's on this paper huh so it's getting very weird that is strange. Uh, the letters seemed impossible to decode. Nobody's been able to decode it. To this day, it hasn't really been decoded. However, the phone number did lead, did lead the police somewhere. Uh, it led to the home of a young of a young nurse. Uh, but when they obviously they asked her about if she knew who this man was, she claimed she never heard of them. Though they suspect that she wasn't being completely honest. They think she really knew who he was, but obviously. she never. Ever until her death, she never, ever claimed to know his identity. She never uh, backed off of that story. Um, so technically to this day, his his identity has never been fully solved. There is some really good uh, detective work that's been done since then. I mean, very recently, within the past couple years, uh, they think they may have an idea of who he was. Uh, they kind of go back to that young nurse and her. She had two children. Uh the son has since passed away too, but the daughter uh, actually claims that her mom told them in secret that she didn't know who who that person was, but she never actually told him his name or anything like that. 
Huh. Uh, so there's a lot of weird little things that come from that. It's it's they feel they're really close to crack. I mean, that was just in like 2017, so that was very recently when that kind of came out. Interesting. So I kind of think this thing, this case is getting closer and closer to being solved. It's just one of Australia's biggest unsolved mysteries, and I think it, I think we will see. This is one I feel very confident that we'll we'll have solved at some point. So. 2017, it's funny you say that because the article I'm going to read was written in 2017 uh, because at that time, in 2017, the FBI had reached out to the public to help solve one of these codes. Your story's crazy, dude. Like, So what are your thoughts? What do you think happened to that guy or, or, or what do you think the deal was? I, If you oh, ask man. me, it feels like his coded message when they dec- decode it, when they figure it out, I feel like they're going to find it's a suicide note because it feels like it was the end of his yeah. life, right? He was just going to the end yeah. there. And what better uh, way to do it than to sit at the ocean and watch the fucking waves come in as you just go off peacefully? I kind of feel you're on the money there. Uh, I mean, it's not the first time in our history that a person has kind of uh, wanted to go out on their own terms, I guess is the way to put it. Oh, yeah. Easily, and right. They, That's a big they, thing, though, the right to death yeah. thing. Yeah, I mean, there's even another case. I don't remember where this one's at. That uh, they know who this guy was, but he kind of did a. He went to a place that he wasn't from, and he like checked into the hotel and he walked around with a bag all the time, just giving away all of his stuff, and then seemingly killed himself afterwards. Mm. Uh, so there's kind of weird things that do happen like that. Uh, um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, who knows? <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a mystery. But I think I truly feel we'll know a lot more about this person soon. I don't know if we'll ever crack that code though. I will hopefully right. The one I'm talking about um, seems it almost seems impossible. So what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to be reading from Mental Floss, MentalFloss.com. There's an article that summed up most of the information the best. Uh, when I found out about this story, I looked into it, and almost all the news articles, all the things I looked into, is very it's very sparse. There's barely any information in regards to the the guy I'm going to talk about. It's mostly focusing on the fact that there's this coded message that no one can figure out. It's that in like in like I don't know. It's that hard to to grasp that nobody, not one person, can say this seems like a pattern or this seems like what this might be. Um, so much so that the FBI, like I said, in 2017, had been dealing with this for 15 years without even the public knowing about it, finally gave up. Their best uh, code crackers couldn't do it, that they went to they went to the public and just said, hey, maybe there's somebody out there that doesn't work for us that can do this. So MentalFloss.com has an article from March 29, 2017 by Meg Van uh, Hugen. Sorry if I said it wrong. It's titled, This Code Has Stumped the FBI for Over 15 Years. You ready? Yes. Let me take you on this story. From the moment the police discovered Ricky McCormick's body face down in a cornfield outside of St. Louis on a ribbon of land running between Missouri and the Mississippi rivers, they suspected foul play. McCormick had only been missing for three days, but his body was in an advanced state of decomposition, even considering the warm weather that the June of 1999. Unable to identify him visually, police had to uh, identify McCormick using his fingerprints. And here's the gross part. 
the fingerprints had fallen off along with the rest of his skin on his hands above the first knuckle. I don't want to know what that means. I don't want to know if they really walked by and actually had to pick skin off and use that and not actually put his fingers up against something. Yeah, I don't want to know either. The decay was so advanced, police theorized that the killer intentionally kept his body in a high-temperature environment to promote decomposition in an attempt to cover up the cause of death. If that was the plan, it worked. After a difficult autopsy, the St. Charles County Medical Examiner's Office ultimately ruled McCormick's death uh, cause of death undetermined. The police found something else strange that day. In his pants pocket, McCormick was carrying two pieces of paper, each covered in several scrawled paragraphs. Some of the paragraphs were outlined in bubbles, almost like speech balloons, while others seemed laid out in a style of a formal letter with an introduction line, a body text, and a signature, or possibly even an address with a zip code at the end. The police couldn't make heads or tails of it. The police passed the notes to the FBI, who kept them secret, even from McCormick's family, while they worked for 12 years to crack the code and the case. But in March 2011, when they still hadn't solved the mystery, the FBI released the notes to the public. Dan Olson, chief of FBI, uh, FBI's Cryptanalysis and Racketeering Records Unit, or the CRRU, was appealing to the Internet for help. See, the weird thing was is that Ricky McCormick had never learned to read. After dropping out of high school, the 41-year-old held an array of low-level jobs, including mopping floors and washing dishes. He had a criminal record and had spent time in prison for statutory rape. When his body was found, he'd been working at a gas station. According to his cousin Charles McCormick, Ricky, quote, couldn't spell anything, just scribble. His mother, Frankie Sparks, said that the only thing he could write was his name. Because McCormick's literally, uh, literacy skills were so poor, it's not entirely clear whether he wrote the notes himself. Olson, though, is sure that they hold the key to his strange death, one of the only few unsolved murders in the area for decades. Quote, breaking the code could reveal the victim's whereabouts before his death and could lead to, uh, could lead to the solution of a homicide, Olson said in a 2011 FBI statement. Family members believe Ricky thought someone was looking for him. In the last week of his life, he showed up at a hospital emergency room in St. Louis complaining of chest pains and shortness of breath and was admitted for two days of observation. From the hospital, he went straight to his Aunt Gloria's home and visited with her briefly. The next day, he headed to another hospital two miles away with similar complaints. This time, McCormick was released after 50 minutes, although his aunt claims to have heard that he stayed the night in the waiting room anyhow. Uh, McCormick suffered from heart and lung ailments throughout his life, but Gloria thinks her nephew was using the hospitals as sanctuaries, figuring that someone who might be trying to find him wouldn't look for him there. Investigators zero in on a possible motive for the murder almost immediately, a drug deal gone wrong. The gas station where McCormick worked was owned by a, name, uh, a man named Juma Hamdala, and investigators believe that McCormick had traveled on several occasions to Florida to pick up packages of marijuana and deliver them to his boss's brother, and also his co-worker, Baha, quote, Bob Hamdala. A 
According to McCormick's girlfriend, Sandra Jones, he took a Greyhound trip to Orlando for this purpose just two weeks before he died, bringing back baseball-sized bundles of pot and Ziploc bags. Jones also told police that although McCormick never talked much about his trips to Florida, he acted differently upon his return from the last one. He seemed afraid. She wondered if something had gone off script in Orlando. Jones also said that if anyone were out to do McCormick any harm, it would be Bob Hamdala. Both Bob and his brother Juma had violent histories. Only two months after McCormick's death, Juma opened fire at Bob during an argument. Bob, meanwhile, had ties to drug trafficking and gang members in St. Louis, as well as 1998 rest for second-degree assault. He beat a man with a hammer. In 2002, Bob went to prison after shooting a customer in the face after an argument, although he was released in 2008 after a retrial determined that he had acted in self-defense. Uh, in addition to the Hamdala brothers, investigators also expressed interest in a man named Gregory, Lam uh, Gregory Lamar Knox, who dealt drugs in the housing complex where McCormick's had lived and was a suspect in at least two murder-for-hire schemes, according to police. Police also, late, uh, police also later received a tip from a confidential informant that seemed to tie Knox to McCormick's murder and found possible criminal links between Hamdala's and Knox. But after a series of stakeouts, the St. Charles Police Department was never able to sus substantiate the tip. The leads had seemed promising, but in the end, investigators were right back where they started, with a dead body, a strange cipher, and no answers. So here's the thing. The notes found in McCormick's pockets remain one of the CRRU's top unbroken ciphers. The public's response to the release, over 7,000 different remarks flooded in within two years. It, it prompted the Bureau to create a separate web page just for this specific note. Uh, if you go online and you look up um, Ricky McCormick and his notes, you'll see pictures of what, what the, the scribbles look like. And I'm telling you right now, dude, if you've not looked at it or if you've not seen it before, it's literally scribbles, right? So here's once, uh, and it's strings of letters. There's no breaks. It's all letters like T-F-R-N-E-N-I-T-N-S-E-N-P-R-S-E. -E -E. Like none of it makes sense. It's just a bunch of letters in a row. There's nothing even when you start to kind of look, you know, like sometimes when you throw a bunch of letters, something will fall into place and it looks like a word or two. There's no you can't make a word out of any of these except for maybe. Yeah, I'm look. I'm looking at it now. Yeah, it's it's very tough just because uh, like there's it's even it's even tough to see where there's spaces in between words. Yeah, there is. There's barely any. So, yeah, it says it says here that uh, the CRRU said standard routes of crypto analysis seem to have hit brick walls. There's nothing they can do. So they they put it out there because back in the day, remember when the, you you brought it up the Zodiac Killer, right? When the when the FBI released some of the Zodiac Killer stuff, there were like amateur crypto people that that figured it out and broke it and helped the FBI figure out some of what the the codes were. So that was the idea behind them finally releasing this is that they felt like maybe you know somebody out there could help break it, but still nobody has. And the family is like, yeah, that's not him, dude. He doesn't write in code. Like his family straight out came out and said no. He does not write in code. This doesn't make any sense at all. But the FBI doesn't know what to do with that. They're thinking this coded message has to, will reveal something, whether it's from the killer, whether it's from uh, Ricky McCormick himself. Who knows, right? It's just it's 
it's insane. It's one of the most. It's almost like somebody just did something random, and we're just assuming it's code. Yeah, it's really weird too. I mean, like if it was a whole drug deal thing, why go through all that trouble of throwing in a code like that? If if you're the one behind it, I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. It's, and if and if Ricky was the one who did it, like why would he? make a code if he wanted people to find out who done that to him right doesn't doesn't make any sense either right does well unless he feels like when the killers get to him they might search him and find it's that and think it's nonsense i i guess maybe i don't know it just it's just a strange story all around yeah it definitely is um to me it sounds like because one of the other things i read about him was that there's a slight chance he may have had some mental illness. So this could have just been like the ramblings of that, right? Just all kinds of nonsense letters in a row. All of it were to him. It made a whole lot of sense. And he thought he was writing out like a grocery list or something, but you know, it ended up being a bunch of gibberish. Yeah. I mean, for all we know, he could be the only cipher for it. So exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that's, I just feel bad. I feel bad for his family more than anything. That's, I mean, it's terrible. Yeah, they found apparently they found him like twenty miles from from where he lived or worked. Apparently, three days before he was last seen at the gas station where he worked, and then he was found twenty miles later uh, by a, a motorist that went by and found his body in the cornfield. Um, and that's the thing; it was weird too because he didn't have a car or any mode of transportation. So for like 20, I thought you were, were going to say he didn't have a cornfield. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He didn't have a car though, but like 20 to be found 20 miles away and decomposed at that state. It definitely sounds like there's a, de- a whole lot more to this than the meets the eye. And I, I do, it sounds like it's, it has to do with those people that, you know, the Abdallah brothers or whatever they were called, uh, the drug dealing thing. Um, yeah, something definitely went wrong. But I'm interested to find out just what this was. What was the point? What would he like? What is that? Right? Yeah. I mean, unless it's just literally just a bunch of you know weird stuff just to throw people off a trail. Could be. So I I don't know. I don't know. That is a weird one though. So there you go, dude. Ricky Very McCormick. Strange. Check it out. So Ricky McCormick and the Salmerton man. Salmerton man. Uh, and uh, a little Area 51 for you all today, dude. <laughs> This is if any of our listeners are going to Area 51, let us know what happened. <laughs> and we we'll hope you're okay. I'm definitely going to be looking up the headlines. Trust me. First, uh, It won't be first thing in the morning, right? Because it's uh, a couple uh, uh, of uh, time zones behind us. What was the time right. that this was supposed to go down? Morning, afternoon, evening? Do we know? I have no idea. Neither do I. Um, I'm all done, dude. I'm ready to, to leave the clubhouse. What you got going? Yeah, I mean, we got to get on our flight to Arizona, don't we? Uh, I'm on my way. Don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I'm almost there. We're going to touch down. We're going to go see what this Area 51 business is all about. We'll fill you all in later. But in the meantime, Chris, if you want to turn the lights out, I'll get the door. Click. Slam. <laughs>